SVN. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, filling in for Susan Littlefield here uh, today. And with us today, we welcome back Arlen Suderman with Stonex. Arlen, thanks for joining us here today. Uh, we saw kind of an interesting reversal in soybeans. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but uh, maybe just some general comments, first of all. Corn settles four to five higher. Soybeans were down a few pennies. Uh, wheat actually had some double-digit gains in, in Kansas City. What was kind of feeling the feeling of the grain markets overall in today's trade well i think it's within the backdrop and we can talk about it more if you'd like but within the backdrop of what was happening in wall street and money flow was kind of a risk-on environment uh, the wall street liked the inflation data that came out this morning um and so since oh, a big sigh of relief peak inflation is behind us the economy the the Fed's tightening maybe behind us, um, and uh, let's let's be buyers. And so there was a lot of positive money flow across the equities and across the grain and oil seeds. Now the grain and oil seed markets were positive overnight anyway. We still have the weather concerns here, really west of the Mississippi. But the further west of the Mississippi you go, the the greater the concerns going forward, and and that was certainly seen in the crop ratings that came out late on Monday. So some carryover strength from what we saw in yesterday's trade reaction to that. And so some more money flow come back, some positive technicals in there. As I told our uh, our customers in my commentary this morning, I still don't sense that there's a lot of fund conviction in this rally to this point. And so I think that does leave us vulnerable. And, and we saw that play out in the soybean market um, um, and uh, saw that reverse lower and actually end the day weaker. Um, but outside of that, we pretty much finished on a positive note for the grain and oil seeds and for the protein sector. Okay. Well, let's talk about that economic data first. Uh, inflation data out. And uh, uh, so what was that information? What, what had the biggest influence on the grains today? Well, the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics released the Consumer Price Index data this morning. That's basically what was inflation um, at the consumer level. And so that was a major factor for us. Um, that data showing that uh, uh, basically inflation was flat in July relative to June. It's still up, uh, what was it, well over 8.5% year on year so it's still high year on year <clears throat> but the, the market interpreting that as hey inflation is behind us if you break down the details of that inflation data it was largely because of the break that we saw in the commodity prices in july you don't have to tell any farmer about the break in prices that we saw during the month because it was very significant um, with grain and oilseed prices and energy prices breaking lower uh, and and that all goes into that inflation data um, so outside of that though we continued to see inflationary pressures but the market was responding to those headline numbers anticipating that hey maybe we the peak inflation is behind us so if you take out food and energy the core inflation was still up strong on the month and on the year maybe a little bit below what the trade anticipated 
Um, inflation's still there, but the market was in celebratory mood today. The dollar broke really hard on that, thinking maybe the Fed is done with its hawkish ways. And, and so there was a lot of profit taking on the dollar. Um, interest rate treasury yields dropped notably when that report came out. And it was just kind of a euphoria. Ah, this will help the recession go away. All right. Well, I guess time will tell whether that happens or not. But uh, you talked about this uh, this uh, movement in soybeans. You know, I think it was over a, a 30 cent range today because we were up pretty significantly at 11 o'clock. And then uh, shortly after that, soybeans broke. What was going on in soybeans today, Arlen? Well, that is an interesting story. It looked, And I think this illustrates the fact that we lacked real fund conviction it turned into just a chart rally, a technical rally, looking for chart objectives by the algo computers in this market. And as I looked at when we broke, it was about a quarter after 11 Chicago time. Um, meal, uh, the um, September meal contract hit uh, upside chart objective. Soy oil broke, and so that was bearish because it couldn't sustain a move of, through it. <clears throat> Soy oil at the time, poke through some major uh, moving averages. So that was considered friendly. Meal and oil started reversing their positions. Oil hanging in there and continuing to gain. Meal pulling back off of its highs. And that just pulled the rug underneath of soybeans, which had just finished completing closing a gap on the September contract going back to the month of June. And so it turned into profit-taking on, on soybeans, September beans, ending up uh, over 50 cents below their highs for the day. So a major sell-off and profit-taking on that. I think just largely illustrating that this is technically driven right now um, by the funds. It started off as a weather market, but the conviction just isn't there right now, and uh, so it wasn't sustainable. Corn and wheat were able to hold the gains with the strong dollar, especially wheat, really benefiting from the, I said strong dollar, weak dollar, the sell-off in, in the dollar. Um, but soybeans couldn't do that. Now it would be interesting to see how we'd handle this tomorrow, whether we see some follow-through selling in beans, particularly ahead of the USDA report coming out on Friday. Um, and um, we may see a lot of positioning in the market tomorrow ahead of that Friday crop report. All right, very good. Again, we're visiting with Arlen Suderman from Stonex. Uh, we'll uh, go. We'll come back with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Talk a little bit about what, uh, what's going on in corn and soybeans. Get an international update as well, and then of course talk uh, some of the cattle and hog things from today as well. So stay tuned. The second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell is coming up next here on the Rural Radio Network. It's time for the Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gainwich with Fontenelle Hybrids. We caught up with new dealer Preston Smith from PJ Smith Seeds, who co-owns his business with his wife, Jana, in northeastern Phelps County. So, Preston, tell us about how you got started. We got started with Fontenelle in part for the excellent products that we saw out in the field, but also because of the great people within the brand. Everyone is so supportive and will do anything to help you succeed as a dealer which in the end helps the customer succeed. Well, you did a lot of research. Tell us how you decided on Fontenelle. I really like the focus on Nebraska and, and products that work locally. As I started to make contact, I just really felt at home with everybody that I met within the brand. And I know you hear the, the Fontenelle family get used a lot, but that's really what it is. It, it truly does feel like a family. 
If you'd like to join our Fontenelle family and become a dealer, just contact us from the website at Fontenelle.com. RVN. Chad Moyer with you here on the Rural Radio Network, and it's the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell as we visit with Arlen Suderman from StoneX. Uh, Arlen, we uh, we talked about soybeans in the last segment, but uh, just a, f- a few words about uh, wheat, a little bit of enthusiasm here, uh, double-digit gains there. Yeah, it really is. And we still have some pretty solid fundamentals for wheat when you look at it. We're, even though the ships are starting to leave Ukraine, it's at a very slow pace. It's going to be very limited exports. They're not going to be able to hit the pace. You look at Russia, they have a massive wheat crop this year, but the quality has really been hit, particularly in the Volga River Valley, um, because of persistent rains at harvest time that have hurt the quality. I saw one report this morning uh, predicting 10 to 15 percent loss, and then another large portion of the crop will have quality problems even it's not lost but have quality problems um, they're having trouble keep uh, maintaining any type of export pace they're still having problems with some of the restrictions and the sanctions on exporting Ukraine I mentioned having limited exports Argentina now has some major drought problems in the condition of their winter wheat crop isn't good we have significant drought problems in the hard red winter wheat belt this year um, as we look now at starting to plant that crop in a few weeks so a lot of concerns out there undermining or under support providing support underneath of this wheat market and I think with the 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 risks of the big decline in crop ratings for the spring wheat crop that we saw on Monday afternoon's weekly crop progress report. We started turning the momentum back to the upside. We saw some end users coming back in to buy some speculative money and we were able to get a little bit of upside momentum. I still don't believe that we have a lot of fund conviction in this. I think it's trading chart signals right now, but going to the upside. Now, you talked about the dryness, specifically with wheat. Um, we, we can't uh, talk about dryness without talking about what's going on in Europe, because that has really turned into a, a drought in on that continent, too, huh? Yeah, it's something we've been talking to our customers about. Uh, first of all, we need to go back and give a little background. Uh, we thought fertilizer prices were high here in the United States. They were really high in Europe and much tighter in supply. So, We got continuous reports of farmers using less fertilizer in Europe. So that in and of itself would seem to be taking the top off of yield potential. Then they had a a very dry summer in Europe. And so just looking at the dryness impact, we would anticipate a 15% reduction of yield. Some of my contacts in Europe are saying, Arlen, it's looking more like 30% reduction. So USDA right now is, is looking at about a 68 million metric ton crop in Europe, um, we're probably looking at, um, and that that would be about 2.677 billion bushels to give a little bit of perspective. Now start chopping that by 15 to 30 percent. Um, some of the estimates coming out of there now are saying maybe somewhere in the 50, 55 million metric ton level. I don't know how far USDA is going to go on Friday in acknowledging that. The USD tends to be conservative, so but I anticipate they'll probably start to reduce it. Um, but that means they'll be feeding more wheat in a time when major exporters, and they're a major exporter, have limited supplies of wheat. Um, and I anticipate it'll result in quite a bit more grain sorghum being imported, uh, particularly to Spain, but we're hearing maybe some other countries as well. 
So I think that'll end up helping U.S. prices as we get deeper into the new marketing year. Switching over to the mercantile, both uh, cattle and hog futures had positive days today. What's your take on uh, the uh, the livestock trade today, Arlen? Uh, number one would be the weak dollar. The dollar really breaking hard today. Wheat and the protein sector are both a couple of sectors that really are impacted by the strength or weakness of the dollar. Now, the dollar overall is still strong, um, but it certainly had a hard break today, and and um, so it did stimulate some more buying come in. And we've got some good fundamental strength in the product demand for underneath these markets and you look at cattle and particularly we've been starting to see some strength come back in the feeder cattle market expectations that we're going to be tightening up supplies as we go into the fourth quarter because of all the cow liquidation that we've been doing the latest weekly data showing cow slaughter to 82,000 head uh, that's the second highest slaughter for the year in cows. So it just hasn't ended. We're continuing to contract the breeding herd. And, and we're coming in with uh, production, a number of hogs being fed down about 3% as, as well with some of the disease problems we've been having in the farrowing house. All of those things are coming to roost now as we start to tighten up the supplies. All right. Uh, that uh, comes to the end of the program here. If folks would like to follow along with some of the things that you're doing and uh, uh, kind of see what uh, you've got for information, how do they get a hold of you? Over at stonex.com, or they can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. All right, very good. As always, good to have you on the program. Thank you very much. Again, that's Arlen Suderman with StoneX, our guest on today's Fontenelle Final Bell. A reminder that uh, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss. It is not suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealers. Here on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chad Moyer reporting.